This is just your weekly reminder that we post every Tuesday at 5 p.m. on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube for visuals. Um, you can now follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook at Nothing But Controversy. You can also go follow our new YouTube page called NBC Clips, where we post our shorter, funnier clips. Just uh, if you don't have time to watch the full episode, we post our best, like a little bit of our best content there. Um, and if you want a link to all of our social media platforms, go to our Instagram bio and click the link there for all of our bios. This is nothing but controversy. Four guys on a podcast and we're talking about sports. Four guys on a podcast and we're talking about sports. Nothing but controversy with Matt Dawson, Cam, and Shane. All right, so welcome back to episode 19 of the Nothing But Controversy podcast, and today we have a special interview. Uh, we got former Alouettes quarterback Tanner Marsh with us today. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we have like a bunch of questions for you, a bunch of t- speaking topics, but uh, we just want to say thank you for joining us again. Uh, we really appreciate having you. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm ready to talk a little shit, get this thing rolling. There Sweet. we go. Um, so basically, whenever we have someone on, we like to talk like anyone like like football related. We like to talk and like ask them about like like you growing up playing football. Like like yeah. how did you grow before? Like let's say your your journey to become an Alouette. Let's say. Oh man, okay, this is gonna be a long one. Um, <laughs> now I am I am from Texas, so um, perfect. Yeah, everybody take a sip of beer, enjoy the long story. There we go. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm actually, you know, I'm from Texas, and so I played football in Texas my whole life. Well, um, after high school, um, I actually wasn't a superstar in high school. I only played my senior year, but balled out, had an interesting recruiting experience, uh, had a few D1 double A's off me, but a ton of D2s because I was really not mature. I was, like, tall and skinny and all that. Um, so I didn't have that many D big schools coming after me, but I broke – all types of records my senior year. I threw for over 4,000 yards as a senior in high school in one season. So, like, I, you know, I kind of came out of nowhere. And, um, you know, from there I went to Division II, uh, West Texas A&M. We played right next to cows. It smelled like cow crap everywhere. It was absolutely <laughs> the craziest experience I've ever seen in my life. I went from Dallas. I know y'all probably don't know anything. Imagine going from, like, Montreal to uh, – way up north, like in the middle of nowhere, right? Yeah. But even worse. And uh, so then from there, the school was amazing. We played great competition. We were nationally ranked. It was awesome. Uh, from there, I played another D2 at Arkansas Tech. Uh, then from there, actually, that was my senior year. Um, I actually uh, – so after that, I was projected to get drafted out of, uh, like, the seventh round – um, but I went to tons of pro days. I threw for as many NFL scouts as I could. Any, I drove all around the nation just being like, do you need someone to throw for you in this pro day? And so I ended up throwing in four pro days, which is like unheard of. Um, just a small school guy trying to throw. And then in the CFL, I actually threw, which is kind of a cool story. My first CFL tryout was for the Toronto Argonauts. And the guy, it was for Chris Jones, who was the DC at the time. Um, and then I went through for like BC 
and then I threw for Edmonton, and then I threw for Montreal. Well, then, um, I don't remember. One of them, we stayed in touch, and it wasn't Montreal. It was Toronto, I think. And um, right when we were going back and forth, I got invited to uh, Indianapolis Colts rookie minicamp. Um, went there, absolutely unbelievable experience it was it was crazy because you know Andrew Luck was there Matt Hasselback was there um just got to learn from like some freaking studs um it was a great experience got released there then uh went to I'm a Dallas guy so then I went to the Dallas Cowboys facility for like an hour they were considering uh signing me um but they didn't so I just got a tons of Dallas Cowboys gear which is a Dallas Cowboy grew up being a fan got it was such a cool experience. Um, have so much gear to this day. I still have like Cowboys gear on my ass. Um, so then I went after that, I got a call and I was just sitting there waiting around and I didn't get drafted. Um, I sit there through the drafts and was just like, geez, and didn't get picked up at all. But then I got picked up for the rookie mini camp in Colts. Well, then after all that kind of settled down, um, the Montreal Alouettes called me and first off, in the CFL, they're just the communication level is is so bad. If you're just like a nobody, it's unbelievable. So I got a call, and they're basically like, "Hey, we want we want to fly you out to North Carolina. We have one more camp, like tryout camp, and we want to we want you to see we're bringing kind of all these guys in. We want to see you throw against all these other guys." And I'm like, "Perfect, I'm in." So I pack for this camp that's supposed to be like one night. They fly me out to North Carolina. I show up with like a backpack with like a pair of underwear tights you know shorts two pairs of shirts nothing and so i throw for them immediately afterwards they're like yeah we want to fly up the training camp in montreal and i'm like uh okay cool so then i get to well rookie mini camp so then i go to rookie mini camp i throw and then i throw then i make the team after that then i have to do another tryout so through this like two week span, I probably have to wake up about every morning about 6 a.m. and throw till about noon every freaking day. Um, so I go out there for rookie mini camp. It lasts for three days. Um, I beat out the quarterback they brought in there. Then they wake me up again to go and throw against like uh, they brought in Dennis Dixon from uh, Oregon. They brought in another guy from University of Colorado. Uh, they brought in another great player that played in the seat. There's a ton of guys and I'm over here like exhausted. I'm like, man, I need a freaking beer. I ain't drank in like two <laughs> weeks, like geez. And so I'm out here throwing my, my, I can barely feel my arm. So I make it, I finally sign. And at this time, a rookie contract was like 42,000. At this point I was like, oh, I mean, I got nothing to lose. So signed it. And that's kind of how my whole career started off uh, with the Alouettes. It was, it was, a lot of throwing and it was a lot of just like things kind of working out in my favor and it was a headache and a half, but you know, one, one, one of the meetings in Montreal, they didn't even tell me about there. I just walked downstairs and they're like, Oh, there's a meeting right now going on. And I'm like, what the, it's just the whole process are really bad at communicating. Yeah. Like really for like that month, I had two pairs of shirts and two pairs of underwear and like one pair of shorts. It was crazy. And like the communication was just horrible. But, you know, once I made the team, it was a lot better. But during that period, it was just, it was a, it was a crazy ride, but well worth it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm a Colts fan. So when I, when I obviously, and we're all from Montreal, so we, we knew the name, but when I was, you know, doing some research into this, I obviously saw you in the Colts helmet 
at the Colts mini camp and stuff like that. And like yeah. you just said, the, the whole communication in the CFL was kind of bad. How did like the Colts mini camp differ from, you know, an NCAA training camp, a CFL training camp, how different was the vibe in an NFL oh, facility? Oh, man, let me tell you something, dude. You don't even, <clears throat> man, it's crazy because like NFL guys obviously make millions and millions of dollars. How they blow so much of their money is is crazy. Like you walk into this NFL facility, they have food all lined up. They have a breakfast bar. They have a chef in there cooking you food. They have some, if you want a massage, go like, it's crazy. I'm from a D2, right? We didn't have all that. Like we were yeah. lucky to get like a, a football shirt, two of them, you know, and, and to walk into this, and it, like I walked in, they're like, what helmet do you want? What face mask do you want? Do you, what size do you wear? You want two cleats, three cleats? What do you want? And I'm just like, man, I didn't, I don't have to buy my own. This is crazy. It was just not, it was, it was unbelievable. Like they just, they just treat you like top of the line. Um, mm -hmm. So it's, it was for sure a different experience because it was, it was crazy. It was, it was, you know, but it's also the people are different. Like, uh, you know, up there, once you get to that uh, professional level, people aren't really like, it's more of a professional attitude. Like you don't, you know, you do things more out of the best for yourself and what is the smartest move for yourself as an individual and your family, you know, rather than college, it's, you know, it's more about like the guy next to you and that. And so like the professional level, it just, it's still that it's still, you know, you still got to, you know, you're still trying to win because you, of course you make more money if you win. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, it's still a little more, a uh, little more individualized. That's awesome. And just one last question, you know, comparing the American and the Canadian game, mm -hmm. obviously uh, my buddy Cam here is a quarterback, been a quarterback his whole life. How oh. different is throwing a Canadian ball versus an American ball? Uh, the only difference is the leather. So the NFL yeah. ball, which is amazing, is the NFL ball is a uh, – the leather they have is patent. So no other football can have that same leather. Um, so the There's CFL ball is the same size and everything. It's just different leather. That's very interesting. I didn't even and, know. and if you don't throw a spiral with the CFL ball, everybody in the world knows. <laughs> yeah, that's – yeah. That, that's the biggest thing for sure. Like – yeah, but but the, that fresh powdered CFL ball is just something else. It feels so good. I'm sure you you always got fresh balls, but my my rookie year, uh, when I played with Anthony Calvillo, he had these ginormous hands, and he so back then in the CFL, when you open the box, the home team had to supply the balls, and so Anthony Calvillo loved like brand new, not broken in, right out of the bag. And back then, they see these balls were not good. They were like straight plastic before they were broken, and they were disgusting. But he loved them like that. So all the all the teams hated coming to Montreal and playing against us because the balls were so hard to throw. Because AC loved them different than everybody else. Yeah, I, I think we all met him a couple of times. Uh, great guy, obviously. Had a, had a great career, obviously. Like that must have been cool to be under him for sure. Yeah, no, he's 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 a great guy, and he's probably the most impressive person that you look at and you're like, there's no way this guy can throw <laughs> 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 just like blown away. Like what the hell? And I, I, I obviously played with him towards like the end of my career. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, but even I'll never forget the first time I saw him throw a ball. I was just like, what? And then I saw him throw in, in during practice and like snipe in a freaking 15 yard dig perfect pass. I was just like, where the hell did that just come from? Like, yeah. it was crazy. So, for sure, interesting. Uh, great guy, but for sure blows your mind when he throws the ball.
Yeah, like when you're talking about Anthony Calvillo, you're talking about like a Montreal football god. Like he's the goat of if of Alouette football when you think about it. Like I would even go Canadian god. Like everyone yeah. everyone who's ever watched a, like CFL for a little yeah. bit of time would know who he is. Well, that's how it is down here. People are like, Oh, uh, what's that one quarterback's name? Uh um uh, he's Mexican. Uh <laughs> oh, Anthony Calvillo. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Him, yeah, I've seen him play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. While we're while we're on this topic, um, fair to say, Marsh Madness was your your craziest CFL play. Yeah. Uh. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, favorite play. What? Yeah, probably just because of all the hype around it. I have a ton. I, so when I was a rookie, I was like, the reason I was so successful is because I was just kind of like, if a play didn't work, I was really good at just improvising and kind of making a bad play good. Well, my first touchdown pass to SJ Green, it was really funny because uh, um, in the huddle, it was supposed to be like this crazy concept long play, and I just completely butchered it and like <laughs> messed it up. Everybody was like, if you go back and watch my first game, BC, the Marsh Madness game, I actually miscalled a lot of plays because the formations were just wild. And um, uh, I like the guys were all misplaced, and I just told everyone to line up, and I looked at SJ, and I was just like, SJ, just win. And my first touchdown pass was just SJ winning and me just throwing it to him. And it's like yeah. a great play because I get hit afterwards and it looks all dramatic. And I like throw, <laughs> I throw it into him and it was a great play, but you know, little did they know that it was more just like, Hey dude, just win and I'll throw it to you, SJ. So. That's crazy. I was at, I was at the March madness game and you know, I had season tickets for, you know, a long, long time, but yeah. That had to be the loudest I've ever heard that stadium go. It was like all the AC years, the Ben Cahoon years, whatever. Like that was the loudest I've ever heard the stadium. It was the craziest play I've ever seen there. So, you, you big part of my uh, big part of my memory there in the uh, personal yeah, stadium. You know, it, was, it was a crazy experience because it was raining. So many people yeah. left, yeah. and I've heard so many stories of people being like, you know, like, oh, I left the game, and then I came back. I was outside and I heard the stadium roar, so I ran back. Yeah, like I've heard so many cool stories like that, and you know, I absolutely love it. Um, but it's crazy. I don't know, Montreal Alouettes. I don't know what their deal is like. The moment I left, they were like, okay, we're shunning Tanner Marsh. We're never going to talk about that moment ever again. So, which is crazy because it's such a cool moment, like, not only for the Alouettes, but for, like, the fans. Like, it was such a cool, like, if you take, like, the past 10 years, that's a top five moment. In Easily. Yeah. Easily. yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Easily. And, and, not, and I'm not trying to say that just because, like, oh, I did it. But it was also, like, I can't tell you how many fans have came up to tell me, like, man, that game was so crazy. Like, I like little kids, like, oh, I remember that. You know, like, it was, it was yeah. such a cool moment for Montreal football, and it's like. Because yeah. li- literally, like, before, like, like we, won the, we won the Great Cup in, like, 2010, 2011, like, two years in a row. And then after that, it was, like, Montreal football, like, just went down the drain. And, like, that yeah. play gave us, like, a little bit of hope. You know, it was, like, the first, like, time, like, we actually got to, like, cheer for something in such a long time. Yeah. Like, yeah. So after you left, has there been, do you still have a relationship with the organization at all? Do you, you know, talk with anyone there? Do you have any form of relationship with the Owls? Um, so of course, like I have tons of connections there, like former players. Uh, yeah. No, I still stay in touch with them because my girlfriend's actually Canadian from Montreal. Okay. So I go back and visit when I can, when, you know, there's not a pandemic going on. Yeah. And a 6 p.m. curfew over there. Fun yeah. fact, you were at one of my games when I was 16 or 17, I think, in St. Louis, yeah. because I believe your your girlfriend is has a cousin, Justin. Yeah. 
Justin, yep. He was on our team at the time. <laughs> I wasn't playing. I had a broken collarbone, but I remember you being there. I just thought it was so cool. Like, we, yeah, everybody yeah, knew that name, you know. Time. Well, and you know, that was another thing that – don't get me started because it was – I'm connected with all the Montreal Alouettes guys, and I loved Montreal. I mean, my girlfriend – I lived there a year after I was done playing there, and I coached at Dorval. Like, I'd always yeah. help kids. I'd run football camps, and, like, I'd constantly contact the Alouettes, and they'd be like, no, no, we don't want to help you with anything. And I'm like – so, I don't know. That, you know, they uh, – management up there is uh, interesting, to say the least. <laughs> Yeah, that kind of brings – I know Matt had this question for you, but um, if, you, if you had – or Matt, if you want to ask it, but if you had – Let me – so, like, I, you know, you say you're, you're, you're fixing your boat and stuff and, like, having some drinks, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to have a beer with this guy. But, like, I'm, we're all, like – we all, like, having alcohol and stuff. But, like, we're wondering if, like, you and your teammates, like, after games in Montreal, if you got a big win, like, was there any, like, like go-to spot in Montreal, like, like, after games you'd like to go to or, like – Oh, man. Uh... <laughs> I wish my girlfriend was here. She'd laugh at that question. Um, man, well, uh, so Montreal was obviously a very fun city. Yeah, uh, we would we we would get pretty rowdy after games. We would go one of our main places from like thirteen and two thousand. I guess wait, thirteen and fourteen was apartment two hundred. Okay. Um, but we also we got really good within with the owner of apartment 200 and like club privé and all those zach and so like we would just hop around all those places but you know we uh we would try to stay kind of low-key but at the same time we would probably not be very low-key and we also uh we were very good at finding where the good uh drink specials were because we all are very big people that can drink a good amount. So, mm-hmm. you know, Montreal, you are drinking, you end up having like 15 drinks. That could be a pretty expensive bill there. Yeah, yeah. big time. And how many deep were you guys rolling? How many deep were you guys rolling to uh, after these games? Was it the full team? Obviously, I can't see nah, Anthony Calvillo going out with you guys. But. <laughs> like 10 or 15 guys most okay. of the time. Mm. Um, we'd have some good times. It was good. I can't tell you all the places we'd go to. You know, y'all, y'all are still young out here, you know. <laughs> yeah. I could probably guess. We can guess. We can <laughs> guess. Yeah, we got it. Yeah. Oh, uh, one last question from my end. I was just wondering, like, um, if there was maybe one guy uh, since when you got to Montreal was like, I don't know, like maybe your favorite teammate or some guy like you, like that meant the most to you on the team in Montreal when you were there. Well, you know, the thing that was, I, I would say in 2013, you know, when uh, we were there and we started one to seven and we came back and Crompton and I were playing and we were kind of rotating. It was Crompton starting and then I would rotate and do a lot of other stuff. Um, and we started winning a ton of games. Well, uh, you know, a lot of that was credit to our QB room and our defense was absolutely playing insane. But, yeah. um, you know, our QB room, it was Crompton, Alex Brink and me. And we just like, we were such big fans of each other. We all loved each other. Like mm-hmm. in 2013, you would find us after a game out at apartment 200 getting toasted, like seldom breaking a win because we just loved being around each other. Yeah. And we were those type of guys. Like if you came up and you're like, Hey, are y'all the LOS? We're like, yeah, you want to drink? Have three of them. Let's go. <laughs> like we were just happy to be, you know, there around each other, be part of the Alouettes. And you know, that's, that's why we were so successful that year once everything started clicking. And so, um, I would for sure say, uh, you know, uh, 
Jonathan Crompton, Alex Brink. Um, I also enjoyed in 14 when I played with Nick Lewis. He was an unbelievable character. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Ocho Cinco was really cool to be around. Oh, it's true. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a ton of good guys that were there. You know, all the LBJ, the the center, this Canadian, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the greatest guys I've ever been around in my life. Um, and he's still coaching there, and I love him to death. Uh, Delorier, um, I mean, I, just a ton of guys, just good guys over there. You know, I can't name them all, but we, we yeah. were all really close. And like I said, you'd probably catch us partying in apartment 200 a few times after the game, uh, which felt really weird, too, because we didn't go to the hit on girls because – I swear the girls were very, very young there. So we would like hide in the corner <laughs> by the pool table and be like, oh my God, we're old as hell over here. Yeah, I was definitely going to say like apartment 200 and Ecole Privé. Those are like the, the young, like the younger spots. Yeah, see, no one ever told us that until mm-hmm. we got in there a few times and we were like, we're kind of old as shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, cheap drinks are cheap drinks. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. So, but uh, so near the end of your career with the Owls, at least. You were really like the third down god. Obviously, NFL would be fourth down god, but the uh, you know the, the QB sneaks and all that. How, what was that like? That, that adjustment, like being like a, a third down specialist in that sense. Uh, it was for sure different. Um, yeah. You know, I wasn't necessarily used to it, but mm-hmm. um, I mean, I enjoyed it, and I you know I think what kind of made me better at it than most other guys in the league was I I truly took passion in it, and I would literally like watch film on how to attack different ways like the best place to attack we would we would actually go the reason why i love lbj is uh we would we'd go up and um you know i would walk up in french and if we were going uh um, damn i might even say it wrong we'd say french right or left so i think it was what it was like droit and gauche yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. and so we would say that if we were going left or right and so, um, you know, him and me got in a really good uh, – got in a good rhythm with that. And, you know, like I said, I just took passion in freaking doing it. And there was a few times because I took so much passion in it that, you know, I ended up taking a few – like I broke one and, like, stumbled out of it and took it for, like, 40 yards in the field. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That is awesome. So I enjoyed it. It was fun, but I did take a lot. One time I got hit so hard in that, my, my contacts got popped out. Boom. Jeez. Yeah. I was like, oh, oh okay. <laughs> Give me a play. Cool. Not fun being at the bottom of those scrums. Not at all. No, it is not. It's not. But that's when you get to talk the most, most trash. That's true. <laughs> yeah. You're like four play. Well, so the thing is, is I would rotate in and I would do that third and one, but then I'd also have like all the goal line packages. Mm-hmm. And then I'd have like second and three packages where they'd send me in and I'd do like options and stuff like that, which I freaking love to death. And um, so, you know, I, I'd go in there for like my like five plays other than my third and ones. And I would just talk so much trash because my second year I was I was second in the league in touchdowns. So I was just running my mouth the whole time. Yeah, I was going to say, I think there was one point where you were like top three in rushing touchdowns. Which yeah. Is- so it was really funny because uh, our starting running back that year was Tyrell Sutton. Yeah. Great guy. And I'm loving to death. And I had more touchdowns than him. And he was <laughs> so mad because I take all his touchdowns. I think I finished the year with like ten or eleven or something like that. I could That's be wrong. Crazy, yeah. Crazy. But uh, well, we ran it a lot. So now, so if if a CFL team called, I know you're coaching now. You're really into that. But if a CFL team called tomorrow and said, 
Tanner, we need you. Would you uh, would you strap it up, or are you really done? And you're focusing on the coaching and all that. Well, I mean, ah, just matters who the coach is, honestly. Because right now, you know, it's funny to me. So after the CFL, I played in the CFL. I went and played arena ball for a year, mm-hmm. and then from that, I met just like a ton of people, a ton of coaches in that world, and I did really well. But I hated the game, like absolutely just hated arena ball. Yeah. Um, so, but met some great coaches. So I actually, uh, so now when I, uh, so now I'll get calls from those guys and I'll go help them out for a week. I'll, I'll go, you know, one of the coaches down at Frisco that's out there in Texas, they, I go and help them a lot. Um, I know a ton, just whenever people are like, Hey, would you be interested in being an emergency guy? You know, mm-hmm. I, I go out there and help them. But I always tell them on my look, I'll throw the ball for you. I still got a great arm. I can still throw. I can still run. But I'm I'm not taking a hit. No, yeah. there's no, you know, I'm over that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so now, like out of your career, um, just to switch angles a bit. I obviously I follow you on Twitter. Um, been seeing you coaching up a lot of young kids. Yeah. Uh, how's that been going? And and are you looking forward to more of that? Would you consider kind of coaching like high school or college? Well, so it's, it's kind of interesting. So when I was finished playing, I actually coached college for a year. Absolutely loved it. It was great. My uh, my quarterback actually ended up winning the Harlan Hill of Division Two, which is like the, the Heisman Trophy for Division II. Um, great quarterback. We ended up winning the national championship of Division Two. It was an absolute blast. Um, the only, you know, the thing was is that I realized that as much as I loved coaching college ball and coaching, that it just took up so much time that, you know, I didn't get to enjoy my family. I didn't get to enjoy a lot of things. So um, it's a great experience, and I absolutely loved it. But I kind of took a step back, and that's why I do more, like, camps, private coaching, quarterback training, and, you know, just stuff like that because, you know, I get to – uh, build an even better relationship with some of these kids and I get to do my own thing you know and because of that I get opportunities I'm also you know I, I do other businesses I do a ton of other things so um, mm-hmm. kind of you know it makes it gives me more time to kind of enjoy life rather than just everything go to football because I mean for 26 years of my life it was all football 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 so yeah that's now awesome. I get to sit here and do podcasts and drink beer. There you go. Cheers. <laughs> I'm going to hop in here and I'm going to throw it back to your, like your early career. Uh, we've heard, like we saw, we talked about like that third down QB sneaks, how that would happen a lot. That's obviously different from the American game. And we've heard a lot of Americans come to the CFL and say they didn't really know anything about it. So how yep. much did you know about the CFL before coming over? Yeah. So I, I got kind of lucky. Um, so my rookie year, uh, Josh Nicewander was uh, also with me, and he, it was his second year. And he's actually – I've trained with him down here in Dallas during that time for years. So I knew he was in the CFL, and because of that, I knew a lot about it. Um, so I would talk to him about it all the time. And it was crazy when I made the team and everything, and, um, you know, he helped me out tremendously. I can't – you know, even to this day, we talk every once in a while, he helped me – he helped me through my career so much just to kind of learn all the things, you know, the different throws, throwing the corner ball, you know, the third and one stuff, you know, the motion stuff. He helped me so much with all that, that, you know, there was a point where I, I thanked him for my career because, you know, he truly helped me, you know, make the team and really grow as a quarterback. So yeah, I was lucky. That's awesome. 
the problem is with a lot of Americans too, they come up here and they, you know, they get up here and they think, Oh, you know, this is CFL. I won't be here that long. And they don't really know much about the league or they don't know much about the, you know, the talent here and they get up here and then they get cut in a week because they just, they think they could just show up and make the team when, you know, there's a lot of good talent out there in the CFL and a lot of good players, a lot of, and the thing is, is you got to realize, you know, people, don't understand like oh there's only nine teams on it but there's more people in the state of california than there is in the country of canada and imagine a nine team league in california they can barely hold three teams so you know i try to explain that to people and how impressive it is that the cfl has you know survived this long with their you know how many people they have and how it's in different regions and you know i think the cfl does a fantastic job until lately i'm not a fan of the yeah uh, yeah. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump back to your Dallas Cowboys here. Okay. I'm not a fan here. I'm a I'm a Giants fan. I'm just gonna throw that out there. Yeah, you're with the Giants and an Eagles fan. Cam's an Eagles. I'm gonna fan. ignore your questions. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you said growing up like liking the Cowboys and everything, yeah. and that call that you got, what was that excitement that maybe there was a chance that you were gonna be a Dallas Cowboy? Yeah, so it was a really weird situation because you know, that process is just freaking cutthroat as hell. Like when I got cut by Indianapolis, um, I literally walked in the locker room, like was in the process of getting naked and the guy just comes up, he's like, hey man, we're releasing you, I gotta take your playbook. And I'm like, can I, can I change first? And they're like, nope, we need it right now. And I'm like, Jesus, okay, here it is, bud. So, like, I got cut basically naked. It was very interesting. Um, uh, nothing like getting cut when your dick's out. So, yeah, the Dallas thing was cool because since I'm a local guy, these teams have a thing called local day where they'll send in, like, if you're within, like, 50 miles or 100 miles of – um, of the stadium or where they're – I don't know the technical world, but um, you basically can come in. They have, like, a big pro day for all these guys. So I was in that spot. So basically I got to come in. I got to throw for them. They gave me tons of gear. I got to go throw to Star and um, got to go hang out for a while. And then after the Colts thing, they talked to me and they were um, – they were, they said they were interested. They're just trying to see who else is getting cut. What's the whole process, seeing what I was doing. And um, because I knew one of the scouts really well also there for the Cowboys. So it was an interesting thing. And the whole situation was like super cool just because, you know, growing up, I was a Cowboy. I was a huge Romo fan. So being, you know, being there was absolutely amazing. So, awesome. but good thing the Giants or the Eagles never called or I would have just. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, they would have called. I would have been the first one on the plane. <laughs> Who are the Cowboys drafting? Do you have a Do you have like a dream pick? Do you still keep up with them? Or yeah, I, I do a little bit. Um, I'm not that familiar with the draft right now because I haven't checked. Only the quarterbacks really. But I pray to God they pick a DB because they they're need gonna one. take Pat Sertan. I think. Yeah, I think that's that's the Alabama guy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's exactly what they should All take. Right. They Speaking of Alabama and you keeping up with the quarterbacks. Matt Jones or Justin Fields? I need an answer. As a quarterback, who would you rather Justin have? Fields, 100%. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We got a, we got a Mac Jones fan uh, with the yeah, but I wouldn't. I, I already said I wouldn't take him over Justin Fields. I just said I, I don't think it's crazy that they're going to take him at three. If that's what they want, that's what they want. Like, 
I don't know. I just the one the one thing I can't do is I can't I I just can't trust somebody that's been around literally just like his receiving core is just way too good for him not to be successful. Yeah. And it's just, you know, I think that the thing that's tough is it's just he'll be good, but he'll never be great. Like, I don't think – I think he can go out there and he can win you games. But if there was ever a point you're like, Mac Jones, we need you to go win us a game, I don't think he could. That's, yeah. that's always what I say, and I hate that it's, like, stereotype because, you know, you, like, people say the same thing about Ohio State and, and what pro quarterback have they produced. But to me, it's – it's you're almost – Mac Jones had a top three O-line, one of the best running backs in the country, and you, you touched on the receiving core. Like, you almost kind of saw their ceiling, and granted it's not the NFL – but you're, you're like, how much better can he really get? He's surrounded by the best talent in the country for a whole yeah. season and more. And anyways, well, that's where I, I mean, stand on that. But You know, one of my things that I always thought was interesting is like when you break down film and you see a quarterback that has these like these huge numbers and you go back and watch it and you see like he throws a dig, you know, an 18-yard dig and you're like, wow, what a great throw. But then that player breaks a tackle and busts it out for a 60-yard touchdown. Or, you know, they run an angle where, you know, they're playing Ohio State and they throw it to uh, the Heisman winning guy. I can't think of him right this Devante. second. Devontae. Yeah. And he literally just runs by one of the best linebackers in college football. And you're like, like, great throw, but, like, that's not going to be open every single time. That guy's just a free – like, you know, it's just – I, you know, it's tough for me to see a guy and say he's going to be amazing in the NFL when he threw a slant and the guy busts it for 60 yards. Like, that's just not – then you got another guy. You know, I also am not the biggest fan of uh, uh, Jack Wilson. I don't think he's going to be as good as everyone thinks he is. Yeah. I really well, like obviously, him. Obviously, Trevor's the number one in this class. Who would your number two be in this class? I'd probably say Justin Fields. Yeah? Yeah, he had two – very impressive pro days. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Jack Wilson, I don't think it's bad. I'm just not the biggest fan of him. Mm-hmm. So Trevor Lawrence is obviously just unbelievable. Yeah. Maybe one of the greatest prospects of all time. Yeah, and I think he's been one of the greatest prospects of all time for the past, like, two years. Yeah, which is crazy. He came out of high school. If Trevor Lawrence left this year, he'd be the number one quarterback. Well, if he left this year, he'd be the number – he's, like, 18. And they're like, if he left this year and went straight into the league, he'd be – Yeah. The dude's good. Crazy. Yeah. Before uh, before we end the interview, I, like I figured I'd just switch gears and maybe uh, ask you, like, a little, uh, a little jokes question here. But, like, let's say you're going to a cookout and you got to go to the – you got to go to the the beer store and get yourself a, a little twelve pack. What's your go to your go to twelve pack? Oh man! So here in, in Texas, oh, I got to explain it, though. In Texas, right now, there's like this huge like dope like brewery contest going up, where like all these little breweries are coming up with their dope beers and all these cool like hipster beers. And I'm like dead serious. This is gonna sound really bad, but. Um, I literally am that guy, like, if you put a board in front of me, like, all these different beers, I'll, I go down and see what the strongest one is. And I'm like, perfect, 12%, I'm getting that. So, um, basically, what the strongest beer that I could possibly get. <laughs> it sounds so bad. But that's why I loved freaking Canada, right? I'd go and be like, the Molson Dry Beer, that was absolutely disgusting. I freaking loved it because it was yeah. strong. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. They came in, like, 40s. Yeah, and they're absolutely disgusting. But like, you drink like eight of them, and you're like, 
when did I get yeah. hit? <laughs> yeah, they, uh, you know what's funny is uh, I'll tell you all some stories. Um, <laughs> when when we were when we in, so we would go all like we wouldn't always go out. We like to like hang out and drink because we always we all lived in like some pretty dope apartments, right? So, um, so we would play like a PGA, you know, the video game. We'd play a PGA drinking game. And this, I'm talking about, it got so big that it'd be like 20 of the guys would come over and we'd play four person and it'd just become like this huge raging party. And basically, because you couldn't make it through 18 holes because you'd be so just trashed. Like, I can't tell you this again, it's going to sound really bad. So this is great. Um, like, I can't tell you how many times, like I just passed out and woke up and was like, what the fuck is it? Like, it just, Molson dries will get you if you mix them with, you know, whiskey and vodka. Shit. <laughs> so basically the game, and I can't remember all the rules because we had a chart on it, but basically, like, you'd have a team. So two versus two. Have you ever played the game? Yeah. Yeah, yeah like, it's golf. So, like, it's, it's a difficult game because you got to, like, make sure it shoots straight. And so, like, we would be, dude, by, like, if you shot it, so the furthest drive, whoever didn't get the first drive would have to take a, take a sip of beer. If you hit it in a bunker, you have to take a sip of beer. But I'm talking about, like, we're not, like, like not sips. Like, you're like, and then we would take the lid of, like, vodka or whiskey, whatever we have. And if you hit it out of bounds, you have to take two shots. If you um, if you were last on the green, you had to take a shot. And then if you lost the hole, you'd have to take a shot. Man. And if you uh, – Man, and then, and then it came into, like, a betting thing because, surprise, surprise, like, when you get to that level, everybody just is obsessed with betting. So then you'd have money on it. You had shots. By the time you got to nine holes, you were hitting it out of bounds every time. So, like, it just became, like, this huge, like, you were just taking shot after shot after shot. And then everyone just ended up just – it was it was, uh, it was was good times. We That's usually didn't remember those nights. That's hilarious. So uh, what I'm hearing is next time you're in Montreal, we're playing a drinking game. Yeah, no, yeah, 100%. I am whenever I'm allowed to come up there, we're actually visiting and um yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go make a trip down St. Laurent, relive some memories. Yes, sir. <laughs> That's it. That's it. I'm by a little uh what was it called? Um I can't remember the damn the hidden strip club in the alley. Oh. Uh, Chelsea was the name of strip club. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, what was it? Is it Shea Parade? Solid gold. No, it wasn't shape parade. Uh, that was the basic. That was like the touristy one. This right. one. Uh, there was. I know which one you're talking about. And it was super shady. Like there was. It was like. Uh, I want to say like Wendy. It meant like beautiful woman, didn't it? It meant like. Uh, God, it's gonna drive me crazy. Yeah, that was. We lived there because they had two dollar shots in the back. It was uh, great. Right. And a lot of the uh, strippers there lived in the same building I did. So like we <laughs> all got in with them, and no, it wasn't like that. Wasn't <laughs> we were <laughs> some of them maybe were like, no, I'm joking. Um, it was uh, and so, but in the back, the bartender, we 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 ended up knowing her very well because we were just there, not looking at the women. We would just be in the back drinking at the bar, even though they had beautiful women, but. We weren't focused on that. We were focused on the cheap drinks. Mm -hmm. And that's what's important. Absolutely. What now it's going to bother me is, gosh, it's like in the alley. No one knows that. Yeah, no, it's like secret. And I'm sure they like sell drugs out of it or Why something. Why would they do like kombucha? Like no, 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 that's not it. I know. 
because they always had like two ginormous people out front. Like you wouldn't know it was a strip club unless you just like stumbled upon it. Yeah. Or knew there. yeah. Now going around the city, like you said, how many, like, was, was there a big perk to being an Alouette? Like, could you get into a lot of places, things like that? Like knowing that you were an Alouette? Well, I mean, the thing was, is like, this sounds really bad again, but we would, when we would go places, like there would always be like four or five of us, or even if there's Kama Sutra, there it is. That's okay. That's the name of the place. If y'all ever want to check it out, if it's still there. <laughs> um, it's horrible. You probably should never go. Y'all are <laughs> too young to experience anything like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, um, Hey, I'm just trying to create some controversy, right? Um, that's it. That's it. <laughs> uh shit what was i saying yeah no so most of the places we go we we'd go like places that like we always went to mm-hmm. so normally like they always knew who we were we rarely had to wait in line because they knew like when we'd go we were gonna drop some some money because uh when we played like the older guys got paid weekly and like they had like cfo players when you're like a veteran you get paid well you know like a lot of the guys, you know, a lot of people for some unbelievable reason in Canada think that CFO players do not get paid well. And they actually do, especially for like an eight month job. Like I was an American in my last two years there, I was making over a hundred thousand dollars. And like, you know, you talk to some kids there that are coming from the college, from college level and they swear CFO players only made like $15,000. And I'm like, well, go ahead and keep believing that and don't go play then. That's fine. Yeah. 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 No, I've heard it's low. I've never heard that low though. That's uh, no, yeah. So grand. the minimum, I think the minimum right now is $60,000 and that's base. That's not included. If you play, if you, you know, have, you have incentives where like, if you, uh, you know, if you become an all-star, that's an extra five grand. If you win a gray cup, that's my, you know, like you get paid. Mm-hmm. That's just like, that's just, that's just like basics. And that's mm-hmm. only eight months. So, yeah, I always found that interesting. So the CFL has an eight, eight-month contract. So what would what would you do the other four months? Oh, I would come months? down and uh, um, train quarterbacks and just kind of do whatever I wanted to, honestly. I would travel, personally, because I grew up, like, in Texas where you didn't travel because you everything you need is in Texas. So we never really traveled. So, you know, once I – made a little bit of money i would go travel around a little bit i trained quarterbacks and i would you know enjoy the off time so that's awesome yeah it was fun it was cool but yeah what i'm sorry going back to your original question about like going to bars and stuff yeah so we mm-hmm. never like people would notice us because we'd go to the same places all, all the time mm-hmm. and it's hard in football because you wear a football helmet so people a lot of people don't know your face mm-hmm but there were, you know, it's, it's fun because you get a lot of fans and a lot of fun people, especially Montreal, I would say, you know, the fans love the team. So, like, it was super cool after games how they'd come down and, you know, want to shake your hand, want pictures with you, want to hug you, all that cool stuff. So Sweet, sweet. So, Tanner, we were going to, you know, make the interview a part of uh, the podcast and then, you know, break off into our normal little segments, like our questions and stuff like that. But, um, you know, this has been really great. So, if you have an extra – you know, 15, 20 minutes, if you want to, you know, answer a few questions that we were all going to, you know, go around and answer. If you're down, um, can definitely do yeah, that. Just a few. Like, I, I got number 10. All right. Sweet. Awesome. sweet. All right. So that, uh, that uh, does it for our interview. Wait, wait, before, before we go on, I see that, uh, that glass is empty. I think you need another beer. Are you talking to me? Yeah. 
Yeah, you're right. But well, you know, the thing is, is I can take my time. If I need to, I can go get more beer because I don't got a curfew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can, I can sit my beer. I can sit here. Like after we done, I'm going to go leave. I'm going to go get on my boat because I don't got to be in at any time. <laughs> So must be nice. Are y'all allowed to have this uh, podcast now late? I don't want to get you on. <laughs> All right. So that does it for our interview with Tanner Marsh, but uh, he's been generous enough to join us for our question of the week. So let's hop into that. Um, so this week, our question of the week is about the Hall of Fame. And it's about a guy who just retired, a guy named Julian Edelman. Three championships, Super Bowl MVP, one of the hardest working receivers you'll ever meet in your life. And the question of the week this week, is Julian Edelman a Hall of Famer? Let me go first, because I'm very passionate about this, okay? First, let me start by saying I was a receiver, and there is not one receiver I think that I respected more than Julian Edelman. Seventh round pick. Guy who caught everything that went to him. Hardest working guy you'll ever see, okay? But the correct answer to this question is absolutely not. He is not a Hall of Famer, okay? Many players that deserve to be there instead of him stats-wise are not there. He has a Super Bowl MVP. He has three wings, rings, and that plays – that, that's a good argument, okay? But – he also played with the best player of all time, throwing him the ball each and every time, right? Okay. He never made a Pro Bowl, which automatically says you can't be in the Hall of Fame. The criteria for a Hall of Famer, in my opinion, is someone who is one of the best to ever do it. To me, that is not Julian Edelman. I was looking up like a bunch of arguments and stuff, and this guy named Alex Forlenze is like a journalist. Uh, I stumbled upon one of his articles and I love this take. He said, people are arguing that because he made like that catch against Atlanta, like he's so clutch and deserves to be in the hall of fame. Like he's one of the most clutch players of all time. But like, just because he made that play does not make, make him like hall of fame worthy. If that were the case, then guys like Jacoby Jones, David Tyree, and Antonio Holmes would be in the hall of fame, making amazing catches in a Super Bowl. That is not how it works. He was never even close to being the best receiver in the league for any year. It was not close. And I, I just like wrote down a little list of guys here of what of receivers when I think of a Hall of Fame receivers, okay? Some of these guys might not even make it. And you tell me if Julian Edelman is on the same planet as these receivers, okay? So when I think about a Hall of Fame receiver, I think about Larry Fitzgerald. I think about Terrell Owens. I think about Randy Moss. I think about Jerry Rice. I think about Calvin Johnson. Guys who haven't made it yet. Steve Smith, Andre Johnson, Reggie Wayne, DeAndre Hopkins, Antonio Brown, Julio Jones. You tell me if Julian Edelman is on the same planet as these guys. Not it's even not close. close. Not it's even close. close. Not even so close. If you even want to make an argument that he should be in the Hall of Fame, put these guys in first. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to go just give off two quick stats, and then I'll let uh, our guest give his take here. I'm going to name two receivers who have more career receiving yards than Julian Edelman. Okay. Number one, Brendan cooks has more receiving yards than Julian Edelman. Okay. Number two, Jeremy Macklin 
has more career receiving yards than Julian Edelman. Don't diss Jeremy Macklin. That's all. That's yeah, all I'm Jeremy saying. Macklin is low key kind of nice though. He, he is. is, but is he a Hall of Famer? But was he a Hall of Famer? Absolutely. Oh, no. not. Uh, I was. I was gonna. I was gonna say too. Like he, Jeremy Macklin. I think he had less catches, but he had more touchdowns and more uh, yards. Yeah. As well, so. Like again, again, I am a firm. Listen, if there was a Hall of Fame for grit guys and guys who are hardworking, put him first ballot. But you're talking about all time receivers. Julian Element is not on that list. Nope. Yeah, no, 100%. There's no way he's a Hall of Fame receiver. Matt, I, you said you were passionate. I didn't think we were getting a rant like that. But uh, look, I don't have as much to add, but. I agree with you guys. Obviously, not a Hall of Famer. I respect the hell of his career, though. I think anyone would be lucky to to win as many Super Bowls as he did. Um, and to top it off with a Super Bowl MVP, yeah, he's had a few like huge moments. One of the best postseason receivers um, we've ever seen, for sure. Um, but, yeah, with, with all that being said, love the guy. Great career. Uh, love what he stands for. His work ethic um, speaks for itself, but not a Hall of Fame guy. I, I think the Hall of Fame term gets thrown around too loosely. And I, honestly, it upsets me a little bit that, it, like, right as soon as he retired, it, is, it was, is Julian Edelman a Hall of Famer instead of let's respect his career. And then, first of all, he never made a Pro Bowl, so he's excluded, um, unfortunately. But let's wait a couple of years to talk about this. We don't need to talk about it as soon. Let, let's let him enjoy retirement. Let's Let's talk about everything he did well instead of, trying to like find reasons to argue for or against just enjoy his career we're not gonna see like i don't know i like typical typical new england patriots fans like trying to hang on to something here because that was like their last successful player from their super bowl era era so um i agree completely i don't think he even deserves to be in the same question and you know like as much as i agree with y'all he works his tail off but like every team has five to 10 guys that have similar stories that work their asses off. They get to this opportunity and they ball out. Like that's the reason they're there. And um, I mean, there's just, there's no way he should even be mentioned in the same conversation as a hall of fame. I mean, if you go down the list and see all the different guys that have more receiving yards than him and like better stats than him, it's actually like borderline. You realize how he really didn't have that, crazy of a career that you know no he wasn't anything amazing like he wasn't taking over games he wasn't you know changing the game he ran a hell of a whip route but like he wasn't just you know people weren't saying we gotta bracket this guy we're gonna lose the game and you know that's what a hall of fame guy is somebody that you gotta change a whole game plan towards or you know scheme around and that just that just wasn't him yeah just, he, was, he was Brady's crutch, like, in the playoffs. That That's really what – when I think of Julian Edelman, I think of all the big playoff catches. You know, the games – And the worst part, and, and to truly think about it, is, like, he wasn't even the best slot receiver on his team. He had Gronk on the other side. So, like, you know, like, you know, Gronk is a Hall of Famer. So Absolutely. He, like, that's – you know, I just – I I don't – I when I saw it on Twitter, I didn't even open it up because I was just blown away by that people actually thought that he deserved to be in a Hall of Fame because that's just – that's unbelievable. Yeah. Just to add a little stat in there, he's 156th all-time in receiving yards. <laughs> that does not sound like a Hall of Fame resume. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Y'all touched on this. So, uh, my answer has been no from the start, but you literally took all the talking points, all of you, so there's nothing else to add. So, the answer is no. Yeah, like, it just it just goes back to it. Like, 
Think about me. My dad is a huge Patriots guy. He's like the typical obnoxious Belichick Tom Brady guy, you know? Like, he's like, oh, like, he, he was in my ear the entire time I was growing up saying Brady's the GOAT, all that stuff, you know? And, like, Julian Edelman was, like, one of the only guys that I actually liked. I hated Belichick. I hated Brady, you know? Like, not because not they weren't good. Not because I thought they weren't good. Just because, you know, they won everything, you know? But, like, yeah, yeah. but Edelman was cool and stuff. And, like, you think about his Super Bowl MVP. Like, he does have a Super Bowl MVP. Congrats. But the only reason why you won a Super Bowl MVP is because everyone else sucked in that Super Bowl. But, what, but let me ask you a question. How old are you? I'm 20. Why? What is, what is the problem with kids your age hating just, like, goats? Like, why don't you enjoy, enjoy seeing the best player in the world just be successful. Like, I, I never I agree. For I me, it's every sport but football. I can appreciate LeBron. I think it's because I'm the most passionate about football. I appreciate LeBron. I appreciate Crosby. I appreciate, appreciate McDavid. But when it comes to football, I guess it's because I'm a Colts fan. And obviously, Colts fans, we don't like Patriots. And no one likes the Patriots. But when he left New England, I, I, I started to gain respect. Not, not gain respect for him. I always had respect for him. I started to like him a lot more. I think it's more the atmosphere in New England that I just hated. It's a, New England fans. It's all, like you yes. said, it's, they're That's... just so obnoxious about everything. I just hated New England fans. Oh. No, I can, I mean, I can, I can agree with that. New England yeah. fans are trash. But, but at the same time, like, you know, if you're a fan and passionate about football, you should still appreciate the fact that, like, when you watched the New England Patriots play Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, like, you were going to watch the best football you were going to watch that whole week. Like that was the best football coaching wise, scheme wise. Like you weren't, you weren't watching football. That was just like, wow, they have some amazing players. You were watching just the best scheme wise and just philosophy wise, best football you were going to watch of your life right there. And that, to me, that's like, I, I was never a Tom Brady fan. I loved his story, but like, I also loved football and the things that they would do. You're just like, gosh, that was, that was genius. Like, they just beat a team that has, you know, unbelievable players with guys that were – that aren't even going to be in the NFL next year. And that is what was so impressive with them. And, yeah, their fans were annoying, but, like, at least they weren't Dallas Cowboys fans that were like, oh, we're going to win the Super Bowl every year. And, they, you know, they got – you know, they pay more money than anybody else for their players. But – I don't think I have a right to speak on that, being an Eagles fan, but I, I agree. I think we just, like – it is what it is. I understand that the Patriots thing. I understand the LeBron thing as well. Uh, but look, like, who knows when the next LeBron is going to come, you know? I know no one, no one here hates LeBron. I don't know about you, Tanner, but all the boys love LeBron. Same thing with Brady. Like, we, we can hate him all we want, but when's the next Brady going to come around? Exactly. We never know. And the thing is, in the NFL and in that level, the thing we take for granted because of Tom Brady is consistency. Like, in the professional level, most guys only play for three years on average. And so when you get somebody that consistently that long, just not only plays, but plays at a high level, like that shit is amazing. And all you youngins are just bashing on him because he's old. He runs a five, six, <laughs> he's slanging past some four, four motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and that's like, that's what we should appreciate. Not hate on the dude because, you know, he's goofy as hell and somehow is dating a supermodel, you know? <laughs> like the thing for me is like I never really like I, 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 I never really hated his game. Like I've I've always respected his game. It's just the fact that he always won. It was so frustrating. Like he, he was, was always, always the guy to like take you down. And it was just 
every single time the fans would be in your ear like patriots fans would be in your ear saying he's the goat he's the goat like the pats are gonna win i'm just like fuck off you know, like, <laughs> you know like it's just that's the that's the only reason i feel like it was like the like like dawson said like the atmosphere of like patriots fans too was just so obnoxious yeah it was just put in my brain as a young person to just hate brady because my dad's a raiders fan no, oh, well, that makes that makes a little bit of sense. Yeah, from the time I was young, you just can't like Brady in my house. Yeah, and you got to remember, like, obviously, if you were born in Texas, you know, there's Cowboys fans, there's, and I don't even know if there's Houston Texans fans, but like in Canada, you you kind of get to choose. It's not based on where you live. So all these kids growing up, they see, oh, Brady's winning, Brady's winning. So you just get like swarmed with these Patriots fans, and it it just drives me fucking crazy. It's not just like. Twitter, it's not just Instagram, it's not just Facebook, like it's in your ear because you know they get to choose and they choose the Patriots because they're winning. So, yeah, they oh oh, man, you gotta gotta enjoy the the time you got because here in the next year or so, when he's done, there ain't gonna be nobody else like him. I mean, we we could always just you know root for Carson Wentz and hope he has you know a decent year once in his life again, which is probably not gonna ever happen again. All right. Well, anyways, back to the question of the week. <laughs> Julian Edelman, not no. a Hall of Famer. Okay. <laughs> no, he's out of there. <laughs> anyways, um, so that does it for the question of the week. Um, I say we move on to another segment. It's a little, a little game we like to play. It's a segment we like to call this or that. All right, so for this week's this or that, um, we're doing end of career edition, which means basically we're going to compare two athletes and their stats and say at the end of the career, who's going to have the most. Okay, simple enough. First one, NBA, who will have the most points scored all time? Is it going to be Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who ended his career with 38,387 points? Or will it be LeBron James, who's currently third on that list, at 35,283. I guess we'll raise up our answers. I've got LeBron. All right, so we've all got LeBron. To me, um, I mean, LeBron's a little bit hurt right now, but I, I could still see a good five years out of him, and that's, that's going to be easy to score 2,500 points. Um, I think he'll be the number one all time. And, uh, I mean, you guys already know this, but to me, he's, uh, he's the best player of all time. And, and that's uh, that's my uh, that's my little rant. Yeah, I, I can see LeBron going over forty thousand. Um, obviously, he's gonna want to play with Bronny. So I, I, again, I can see him, like Matt said, hanging around another three, four, five years, and he can easily easily hit those numbers in that time. So uh, I'm not stressing for the goat. I think he's got it. I only said LeBron because I was scared to get called out if I didn't. Uh, all jokes aside, yeah, like you said, I, I think he does want to play with his son. Obviously, that would be um, something special to see. So, I do, I do agree though. He'll he'll stick around a bit, and like you guys said, he's really not far away. Um, I think Jordan put up three K in one year once, so or maybe more than once. So definitely attainable. I could see him doing it for sure. Yeah, like Dawson said, I think he's gonna hit forty. So I think he's gonna blow him out of the water. Uh, Matt said, I hope we have at least five years left. I don't know if he'll actually play five years, but uh, I don't think it's going to be close at the end of LeBron's career. Yeah. Do you have anything to add? It's, 
It's a given. I don't know if y'all have looked into any of his stuff about his diet mm-hmm. and like uh, what he does, but he for sure has got tons of time. Like his diet is crazy. Like he doesn't eat anything fried during the season. He only drinks like red wine. Um, he his diet is nuts. So like I I have no no doubt that he'll be which goes a long way when you're playing at that high level. So I think, I think he'll easily be able to beat that. And he says, you know, the thing that's nice about him, the way he's played out his career and like how he's treated himself and invested so much time in his body. Like he'll be that type of person. That'll be like, he'll get to quit on his terms rather than the other way around. So, yeah. Yeah. Like I, I think, I feel like, I mean, we have four of these comparisons, but like pretty much we're just, if you're going to bet on the, on the guy who's currently playing, you're just, you're banking on longevity. Right. And, like I'm just taking like two guys for example that have like come out and said it like Russell Wilson and LeBron James both said they spend over a million dollars on their body a year like yeah which is actually you know you'd be surprised how many people don't do that like Mm -hmm. crap I'd spend money on like training in my body but then I'd go drink a beer right so like yeah you'd, you'd be surprised how many people just don't focus absolutely everything on their body because like our whole lives we we've never been told that you know just just a stretch yeah. So Tanner, I don't know if you're if you're a hockey guy, but we have one of these one 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 hockey question, and that's um, who will, at the end of their career who will have the most goals scored? Will it be Gretzky? Currently has who ended his career with 894, or Alex Ovechkin, who currently has 730. This one uh, it was tough, but uh, I, I went with what well, I hope for. Okay, because I, I went with Ovechkin. I can't. I can't see what. What did you? Would you put I Shane? Shane has eight. I see. Oh, eight. Yeah, Shane has eight. Okay. So. so, myself and Shane took Ovechkin. Cam Dawson took. I'm Gretzky, baby. All right. Yes, yeah. Sir. So, um, once again, I'm I'm banking on longevity, but I'm hoping for it. You know, because limit. Once you lose so many teeth in hockey, you got to retire. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm, I mean, I grew up watching Ovechkin. He's the greatest goal scorer I've ever seen play. And uh, listen. I, I Gretzky has all the all the freaking like records. I just want to see one get broken, and I think if there's anyone that's going to get broken, it's going to be this one. So yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely of his records. It's the one that has the best chance of being broken. But I mean, what 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 is it like? One hundred and seventy goals almost. Uh, the, it's about one hundred and sixty left. Yeah, hundred. Yeah, that, that that that's no that's no small task. Even if you know Ov scores is thirty five, forty, fifty goals a year, like it'll be tough. I can see it being broken, but my heart hopes that, you know, it kind of stays with Wayne because he is the great one. So. Yeah, I, I agree. I would love to see Ovechkin do it just because, I mean, we grew up watching him play and like, I mean, he's, he's one of the, him and Crosby, it's been one and two their whole career, uh, our whole lifetime of watching hockey. But that being said, 164 goals, like the way it's going now too, the shortened season and, and, I don't know. I would love to see him do it. I don't think it's going to happen. And I, after that, who knows? Some 14-year-old kid that's going to come along and break Gretzky's yeah. record eventually. He's not even in the NHL right now. I, I honestly think he's going to do it. I think he, he's 35, turns 36 in July, I think, or September. Uh, his, and I think he still has a lot of hockey left. And this guy scores 50 goals a year like it's, like it's nothing. Like he's shooting in an empty net. Like uh, I also want him to do it because as much as, you know, Gretzky's the great one, Ovechkin's the best goal scorer of all time. It's not close. 
And I want people to stop having that argument that just because Gretzky scored more goals, he's not a better goal scorer than Alex Ovechkin is. Mm. Tell him how you really feel then. <laughs> you know, I don't know enough about hockey to, uh, um, you know, really argue that. But, I, you know, I'm a big, I'm a, you know, I'm an OG type of guy. So I'm a Gretzky guy. I'm going I'm to a, I'm a rock with, with Gretzky. So there wasn't really a bad pick on this one. Can't go wrong. Yeah. yeah. Can't go all right. Wrong. So we got two more left. These ones are NFL related. Uh, in terms of all time rushing yards, Emmett Smith is number one with 18,355. Mm. Will mm. Derek Henry pass that with currently has 5,860 rushing yards. I'm sorry, Tanner, but I am a massive Alabama football fan, and I have Derrick Henry. <laughs> there it is. All right, so yeah, I'm riding with Tanner. I'm riding with Tanner here because I know his answer. What did uh, what did you what did you take, Shane? I didn't see yours. Shane said uh, Henry too. Okay. So I had Henry. So did Shane, Cam, Tanner, and guessing Tanner and Dawson had Emmitt Smith. Um, listen, Derrick Henry. I've never seen a running back like him. This guy is a Defensive end playing running back who runs a 4-5 and just absolutely bullies everyone. It's ridiculous. It was the same thing in college. I said, this guy has a chance. This guy has a chance to become the best running back of all time. He's shown it the last two years. He's 100% been the best running back. I don't know how you're supposed to stop him. I mean, you could game plan all you want, but this guy put up that mean he ran for 2,000 yards this year. I, I, I could see him doing it two, three more times in his career. Mm-hmm. That's like, it's, it, it's, it's amazing. I'm just so happy that, I mean, Alabama is RBU at this point, but uh, I won't get into that. But Derrick Henry is definitely the best one to come out of Alabama in a while. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, my main concern is just the longevity of running backs in today's NFL. Obviously, there's a lot of replaceable running backs. I'm not saying Derrick Henry is replaceable by any means, but I just feel like there has been so many amazing running backs since Emmett Smith that haven't touched that record. I don't necessarily see why Derrick Henry is different despite how unique of a running back he is. I think I, I, again, and the way the game is going now, I think we're seeing a lot of, you know, it's, it's a lot of passing. It's a lot of, you know, it, it's a very diversified game. So I don't know, obviously we rushed for 200 uh, for 2000. I don't know how many times he's actually going to do that in his career, but you know, the game is evolving so quickly that I'm not sure. And again, I could be completely wrong, but how, important is the running back going to be in three years or you know things from that and it's a big enough number and he's far enough away that you know it's cause for concern for me and leading me to pick Emmett I don't it's going to be tight I think but here's my as long as Ryan Tannehill is the quarterback in Tennessee Derrick Henry is going to be close to 2,000 yards like uh, barring an injury like let's not Ryan Tannehill is not Tom Brady he's not Patrick Mahomes he's not He's not throwing for 300-plus every week. They lean heavily on Derrick Henry, and as long as, as he's their number one back and they keep that, that O-line intact and the same scheme, I mean, it's hard to see it go. It's hard to see. Yeah, like that's another thing that I, like, I agree with. Like, they're building that offense around Derrick Henry. They're not building it around Ryan Tannehill. Like, let's be honest, you know? like. That being said, though, I, we'll see. I, I, there are injuries uh, every – Guy, almost every guy in the NFL gets one eventually, and anyways, we'll we'll see how it goes. I I do think he can he can beat it though. 
like like Cam said, it's gonna be close. And the difference for me was why I gave it to Henry was now he has 17 games a year. So he has an extra game every year that he's gonna play true. that can push him over 2,000. Like, I think he could rush for 2,000 every year if, he, if they keep run, running the same offense that they have. Like he did it in 16 games. So I think he has a chance to beat the actual rushing record in a season with these 17 games. So if he can rush for, let's say 18,000 every year, he, he's gonna be very close. So I think that that extra game gives him the the higher higher up for me. Mm-hmm. Eighteen hundred, not eighteen thousand. Yeah, eighteen hundred. Sorry. If he runs for eighteen thousand yards every season, uh, there's a problem in the NFL. <laughs> and he probably needs to get tested for steroids. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm gonna go with my boy Emmitt Smith. I think he's gonna hold off because uh, one, I'm I'm obviously you know how about them Cowboys, baby, and Emmitt Smith. I'm telling you, you you youngins don't fully understand how amazing Emmett Smith was. And I'm also, you know, me being – I'm also a bigger fan of people that are just, like, absolutely ridiculous, just looking average but being ridiculous and compared to someone that's just absolutely a monster who should be rushing for freaking 2,000 yards a game because he's mm-hmm. a giant. Like, yeah, he should be running that. But Emmitt Smith, I'm telling you, like, he was the most impressive. He was out there on AstroTurf juking people, running around in Nikes, Jordans, out there juking people and running for all that. And, you know, he's just – I don't want him to break the record. And I don't think he will because I also think that eventually they're going to have to start rotating in – they're quicker guys more often because one, I think he will take a pounding, but eventually like to be successful, you have to rotate, rotate in that other guy a little bit to throw the ball more. And mm-hmm. I, I think Tannehill's actually a really good quarterback. I think he's extremely underrated. Um, but I also think Derrick Henry is a monster. I just don't want him breaking that record. Yeah. So I, I didn't, I didn't want to take anything away from Tannehill. I'm just like, yeah, the offense seems a little bit more geared toward Henry, right? Like as it stands, no, right? as it should be, as it should be. Yeah, absolutely. But they had a amazing offense. I think their offense was, you know, people forgot how good the receivers and Tannehill was. Yeah, absolutely. Derrick Henry, right? Mm-hmm. Like I thought, if they had maybe, if they had a little, you know, better scheme, I think they would have been a little better. Um, but I don't know. You know, there's times Derrick Henry, like, yeah, when he's running full speed at you and he gives you that stiff arm, you're like, dear Jesus, this guy is God. But there's times where also he just kind of like falls on the pile. Yeah. Like, I love me some Derrick Henry, but you can't tell me he runs like he's 6'4", 240 every damn time. Like, yeah. uh, there's always – they run that zone read like it's going out of style, and there's times where he just kind of like eh, – and just falls down. So, I mean – as much as I am a fan of him, I'm also an Emma Smith fan. And, you know, Emma Smith was a dog. Now, all y'all need to get finished this and go watch some Emma Smith highlights. <laughs> get back on here and give me that, you know, give me that. Now, just, just quickly, before we jump to the next question, just out of curiosity, do you have a favorite college football team? I grew up being a University of Texas fan, but uh, – <laughs> um, 
surprise, surprise. But that uh, I mean, right now, not really. I, I know okay. so many guys that I, I have a quarterback that's now a coach at University of Alabama. So like, I I pay attention close to them, but like, I just have guys everywhere. So mm-hmm. that's awesome. Cam, you want to take University of Texas fan, bro. Cam, you want to speak on that? Nah, a little bit of Oklahoma fan. A little bit. Goes back to it's a weird story though, but Trevor Knight, that was a guy that made me become an Oklahoma fan before Baker Mayfield, before Kyler. Trevor Knight, why? Uh, I was in Bantam. I was fourteen at the time, and my coach or fifteen, I don't know. I was I was pretty young, and my coach was just like, I I have this college football like game pass, and I just watch every college game I could I could find on TV. Mm-hmm. All right, it's pretty random, you know. Saturday morning practice. And he tells me, he's like, go home and, and watch Oklahoma play. I don't, I don't even remember. It might have been Texas, for all I know. <laughs> it might have been the Red River game. But, no, and he was like, you just you remind me of Trevor Knight. You know, watch him play. Like, watch the things he does and whatever. So, I did. And, I don't know, he, had, he ended up having a crazy game. And I was like, all right, I'm going to start watching this guy. And yeah, played pretty well. I think they beat Alabama that year. Didn't, didn't he transfer out? Yeah, he went to A&M after. Yeah, yeah that's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah, but if you want to know how much of a Oklahoma fan Cam is, I mean, if Baker Mayfield walked in and asked him for a kiss, he'd probably say yeah. That's how much he likes uh, Oklahoma and Baker. That, I mean, I don't think that would ever happen, but. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. I have met Baker Mayfield a few times, and it's, he's a character. Yeah, for sure. A video of him shotgunning is fantastic. Yeah, he's, he's an interesting cat. Yeah, all right. Let's move on to the last one. This is – Talking about all-time passing yards, okay? So, the end of their career, who's going to have the most passing yards? Are we talking Tom Brady, currently has 79,204, or Patrick Mahomes, who has 14,152? The only reason why I didn't put Breeze is because I'm just assuming that Brady passes him this year. Uh, I mean, Breeze is the first one who hit 80K. But, uh, I mean, Brady's probably not even going to be done after this year when you think about it. So, Yeah. Who's gonna be? Who's gonna end up their career with the most? I've got Brady. So does Dawson. Brady uh, Mahomes, right? Yeah, Brady Mahomes. Cam and uh, Cam and Shane have Mahomes. What do you got, Tanner? I'm going Mahomes. Yeah. The only reason why I have Brady is because I don't think Patrick Mahomes is gonna play till he's 46, which I'm guessing Tom Brady is gonna play too. Tom Brady is still. I mean, he's got an unbelievable offense right now. Probably the best offense he's one of the best offenses and receiving cores he's ever had. And that's just going to eat up passing yards. So uh, we'll see, but you know, listen, if there's anyone who's got a chance uh, at uh, becoming the goat, I think uh, Patrick Mahomes has got something special going on in Kansas city over there. So uh, we'll definitely see. Yeah. For me, I think, you know, with the evolution of social media and, you know, doing all these other things, like obviously Pat Mahomes is a co-owner of the Royals. Like Matt said, I think not that he's going to get tired of football, but I think he's going to try and appreciate his life after football a lot more than a lot of these, you know, these older generation guys. So I could see him, you know, retiring at 35, 36, 37, 38, and then not making it to, you know, his 40s and playing football. Not because he can't still do it, just because he wants to enjoy life after football. Um, so I, th- I think his career will be shorter than Brady's, and obviously that'll, you know, affect his career passing yards. So. That's why I had Brady. To me, the Chiefs, like, okay, Brady had a couple of years where the Pats, like, 
we're doing the same thing that the Chiefs are doing right now is just throwing the ball every single play. But the Chiefs literally do that. I mean, other than Clyde, and they just got him last year, Mahomes is throwing for 400 yards a game, like down near. So, I don't know. I, there's just no signs of him slowing down, obviously, barring a crazy injury. But even Brady missed it almost a whole year. So, I don't know. I really – the Chiefs do have something special going on. It doesn't look like it's slowing down. I think Mahomes might blow him out of the water. Yeah, like Cam said, they're not slowing down that passing offense. Andy Reid knows what he has in, in that offense, and he's going to always trust Mahomes with the ball. And once again, 17 games a year. How long is Brady going to play with that 17th game? What, two years max, maybe three? I don't think he's actually going to play until he's like 50, like he wants to or whatever. Maybe two or three years max, and Mahomes has another 15 years. Yeah, I, I like, uh, you know, I, I say Mahomes because I think Mahomes is going to, you know, um, as long as he has Andy Reid, that guy is going to be by far the most successful quarterback. And I think Andy Reid's similar. Andy Reid, this is his, you know, last spot. He's content here in Kansas City. And I just, I don't see them leaving each other anytime soon. Um, well, obviously Mahomes isn't leaving, but, um, you know, I think, I think it boils down to, I like what Dawson said about, you know, saying that he might retire sooner than later, just because of, you know, how he's invested his money and he signed literally one of the biggest contracts you possibly can in the NFL. Um, you know, but saying that, like, so say we have him for nine more years with Andy Reid. I mean, I think in nine years he can, he could get, pretty dang close. So uh, am I doing math wrong there? Let me pull out my fingers here. <laughs> yeah, I think it could get pretty close. <laughs> and again, there's 17 uh, games now. So um, yeah, I mean, Mahomes and, and, I, and I'm rooting for him. Like I want him to do that. And he's a Texas quarterback. So he probably is going to break it. Mm. So 100%. I think, honestly, I think uh, if not Aaron Rodgers, I think Patrick Mahomes is probably the most talented quarterback I've ever seen, especially in terms of arm talents. Kind of ridiculous the throws he makes. But, um, yeah, I mean, I love watching him play. I don't think there's a player in the NFL I like watching more right now throw the ball than freaking Patrick Mahomes. Unbelievable. Yeah, he's, he's crazy. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is probably the only person I would say that does have a better arm in him and that is more impressive to watch just because – he doesn't have a Tyree kill out there. He doesn't have, you know, this amazing offense. And he, what, what Aaron Rodgers does, we will also never, ever see again at the quarterback position. It's crazy. He's unbelievable. He's the OG. And that burns my heart to say because I'm a Cowboys fan. It's fucking bullshit, but he's a baller. Yeah. As long as he doesn't play on the Eagles or Giants, I'm like, hey, you know what? Good for him, dude. All right with me. As long as we don't got no Daniel Jones or uh, Carson Wentz or, you know, what's the new uh, Alabama quarterback over there? Jalen Sanders. Yeah, as long as we don't have those, uh, we're cruising and bruising. So, as long as we got the best quarterback, you know, in the NFC, we're good, you know. Which yeah. we do. Exactly, yeah. we do. He's don't sorry. sleep on my boy Danny Dimes. Oh, no, he's fucking shit. Yeah, no, he's being slept on 100%. Future MVP? No. I don't think so. Maybe in a year when, like, the, you know, 31 of the 32 quarterbacks get injured or something crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 
<laughs> you can't say that after he just like trips over himself on his way. To the end zone. <laughs> that was bad. I didn't think he was going to. He fumbles more balls than he does complete passes. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You didn't even like control that. Like he just he he does two good throws and then like does a pl- throw. You're like, what in the fuck? I was just saying how good you were going to be, and then you do that. I know it's 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 frustrating, but I I still have faith. Yeah, I, I honestly don't think he's. I mean, you could. At least you have him instead of what the Eagles have, so could be worse. Or the Washington Redskins. Or I'm sorry, sorry, the Washington. <laughs> you're good. We've all done it. <laughs> oh, shit. Hey, quickly, hey, if uh, if you were to rename the Washington football franchise, what would you want their name to be? I don't know. I was I was looking at the list. I, the The Washington Presidents was kind of cool. I don't even know why that is cool, but you know that's that's kind of dope. What about the Washington Fire Ants? The Washington Fire Ants. I could I could care less because I, I <laughs> suck. But you know they could be called the Washington you know dipshits. If they were. <laughs> like, Facts. You know whatever they wanted to because they're going to be bad for a long time. So. All right. So that does it for this or that. Let's go on to our last segment. We'll go. We'll do one more segment here, and it's everybody's favorite segment. And it's a little segment we like to call Top Five. All right, so for this week's top five, we decided to do favorite music artists. Okay, so I'll start. I'm going to give an honorable mention to Lil Uzi Vert and the Migos. I just, Lil, listen, listen, I like Lil Uzi Vert. Eight-year-old freaking Canadian. <laughs> oh, my God. What do you expect? What do you expect? You, you expect? Is, he said honorable mention to Lil Uzi. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know why you're flaming me. This guy's nasty. Anyways, number five, Lil Baby. Okay? Lil Baby. Unbelievable rapper. Probably top three. I don't, Tanner, I think you just like country music because in the rap game, Lil Baby is probably like number three right now in the world. Yeah, are we? I thought you said all time. Oh, we yeah, said you could do whatever you want. Whatever I'm you want. years man. old. You think I got like Blake Shelton? You think that's my guy? I was like six. No, you, what, you just assume I like country because I'm from Texas. And you're coming yeah. at me with wah, wah, wah. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, these are the types of guys I, I grew up with. Anyways. Oh. Anyway, you guys better not be changing your list because I know that guy's on your list too. No, <laughs> I'm going to give all of y'all a hard time. You young all right, all right. Number four, Roddy Rich Started like three years ago. Like started becoming popular like three years ago. I really like his flow. Number three, Drake. Probably the greatest. He's going to end up being the greatest artist of all time. That, definitely on the billboards. It's not even close. Number two, a guy who came up uh, just a couple of years ago, Don Tolliver. I don't know if you uh, – Tanner, I don't know if you know him, but I think you should listen to him. I think you'd like him. I'm just going to be a little Don Tolliver. I mean, yeah. I'm, just, I'm, I'm, just, you know, I'm just listening now at this point, so yeah. I'm just chilling. <laughs> I'm not having a shit, bro. He's got a, he's got a, he's got a voice that will soothe you. Anyways, number one. Not necessarily an art. Yeah, I guess he's an artist, but more like a DJ. Calvin Harris. Ever since I grew up, he's been releasing. Any song he releases ends up being number one. I've always liked his songs. Calvin Harris, you're my favorite artist of all time. Congratulations. All right. I took this one a bit differently, and I'm going to speed through it because Tanner scares me, and I don't want him to yell at me. Um, so this is my favorite artist right now. Okay, number five, we got Lil Dirk. Number four, we got my man Polo G. 
Number three, Pop Smoke, R.I.P. Number two. What the fuck? <laughs> man. Like, y'all really sit at home and listen to this music. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man. Absolutely. But no, this is more my driving music. Driving music, I like to sing along. I like to get crazy. Number two, A Boogie, my favorite. And number one, Drake, my man. Honorable mention to Group Project, who made our intro song. Shout out to you guys. All right. Huge shout out. You know, I'll give a little. This is the type little... of shit you be listening to right here. <laughs> yeah. That is what you be listening to, huh? Absolutely. Tell me that's it not gets fire. me fucking me hyped, that's... let me tell you. Don't tell me that's not fire. I'll give an honorable mention to you. Yeah, that is a catchy tune. Okay, Tanner, you're going to like Cam's list. I, I, I can almost guarantee it. Okay, Part I mean, of it. Y'all don't even know what type of music I like. Y'all just assume. Yeah, no. I, you know what? I won't say anything. I'll just. Give I'm assuming country. I'll give my list. It's a little bit of a mix, mix and match, you know. I, I listen to a lot, a little bit of variety, but, anyways, um, number five. Look, I'll give an honorable mention to A Boogie, Lil TJ. You know, I like those guys. They didn't crack the list though. And number five, country artist. I kind of flip flopped it actually. I kind of like this list. All right, number five. I have Thomas Rhett, little country guy, gets the heart going. Nice campfire songs. It's a hard Whatever, job. just to chill, you know, like a little bit, a little bit of a softy, but I like the music. I saw him live hey, in Montreal. Hey, don't, uh, hey, don't be shy out here, man. That's just some good music right there now, boy. That's <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're going to go assuming you like you're country. Not, but, honestly, no, I like all types of music. The music, I just like, I, I'll, I'll, I'll explain when it's my all time. Right, yeah, all okay, right. but just like, it, just really, really quickly, like we look like Travis Scott, like all the big names future, you know, you go see them live. They're barely singing, and when they do, you want to rip your ears off. Like I went to, I've been to see a lot of country, uh, country uh, concerts, and like they, they all sound exactly what they sound like, or ninety percent of them sound exactly what they sound like on on the track. So, at five, I have Thomas Rhett. At four, I went with Right Now as well. Rod Wave, the vocals go crazy. Gray range, that that stuff like puts you to sleep. It's a vibe when you drive. I love it. Um, and number three, a guy who's been up and down, and I'm kind of scared to say this for the for the backlash that I might get, but Morgan Whalen or Wallen, however you pronounce his name. Uh, great album. Yeah, Fucking absolutely banger. great album. Man. Yeah, no, he's an idiot, but you can't deny his music's not a banger. And he's supposed to be in Montreal this summer too. I mean, hopefully that. that oh yeah, well nobody's gonna go see him because they all want to be gangsters and listen to Polo G. So <laughs> I'll That's be there. Canadian youth right there to a T. Y'all want to be gangsters. <laughs> I definitely don't want to be a gangster. Never even seen a gun in your life and want to be gangsters. <laughs> I definitely don't want to be a gangster. <laughs> I'll never forget, funny story. I'll never forget when I came up there and, um, you know, living in Dallas and living in all these big cities and, like, seeing a bad area or going to the hood or, like, being around gunshots and stuff and, like, going to Canada and people being like, hey, don't go down there. That's, that's the hood. That's a bad area. I was like, what do you mean it's a bad area? Well, it's just, you don't go on that side of town. And like you walk down that side of town and there's absolutely no issue or anything. Like, it's just like the lower income area part of town. <laughs> More homeless yeah. people over there. Like It's like one beat up car with a broken window. You know, it was like a beat up car and a homeless guy offering hand jobs for 10 bucks. <laughs> like, don't go down there. It's dangerous. It gets you if you don't watch out. <laughs> That's crazy to me. Like, what is someone going to do, rob you with a kitchen knife? Like, oh, no, don't butter me up. 
right. I guess I'll go back to the list. So this is not going to be a bad look. At, uh, this is not going to be a good look after what Tanner just said. But hey. at number two, I have Meek Mill. Look, hey, look. I'll rock with some Meek Mill. I like Meek Mill. Meek Mill gets you hype. Exactly. Y'all are, no, I was... Y'all are too young to even know good Meek Mill music, though. No, I, I go all the way back to Dream Chase as well. And like, uh, Meek no, I'm talking always... about the other two kids over here. Oh, man. No, <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. Like, nah, it is. I'm the oldest one here. Well, what are you, 24? 22. Exactly. Get out of here. <laughs> Look, I think I was one of the only people that I know, anyways, that stood by him through that Drake beef. Everyone was like, oh, you know, Drake murdered him in the, on the beat for sure, but I still stuck with Meek. Like, I was ready to drop Drake completely. No, see, see, the thing is, is Meek, Meek was uh, he's a different type of rapper, dude. You, he's, he, he doesn't rap where people like, like everybody, like Drake, every, like your girlfriend likes Drake. Like your girlfriend doesn't like Meek Mill. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Your mom won't listen to a Meek Mill song. You're right. But your mom I'm, will listen to a Drake song. That's why Drake's so good, because he has that side too. He, he's, no, uh, because all of Canada is so creepy look so creepy obsessed with drake and justin bieber it's the craziest thing i've ever seen in my life fair enough and number one undisputed easiest easiest number one i've ever had i think luke combs like every song he puts out hey. just just slaps like i've seen him live he's a banger i'm, I'm waiting to see him live now obviously it's a little hard but <laughs> you guys just assume that i'm a country boy <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, people, yeah. Wait till my list though. Of course, but I like all music. I know exactly. I listen to Polo G music. I listen to all the rappers y'all said music. I listen to every single music. So why are you roasting Dawson for liking Polo G? Because I don't like him. I think it's unbelievable <laughs> that y'all like guys that like they come out with two bangers and then the rest of their songs are like <laughs> strippers, money, bitches, ho, banger, banger, pop, 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 money, 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 money. I'm a butter knife, you. <laughs> like that's what y'all, that's what y'all be banging to. Like what? I know it's dropping bars. Man, like that's how do you? How is that like? You be in your car like yeah, yeah. I don't know what they're saying, but listen to this music. Yeah, you're looking around like trying to be you're like yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> and, and you know what? But seriously, and I'll let you, I'll let you answer in a second, my man. Let me ask y'all a question though. Have y'all ever two-stepped to a country song though? Like actually learn how to two-step. I tried. If I you going. actually learned how to two-step and did it and like did it right, I'm telling y'all, y'all would love country music 10 times more. Y'all can do all that twerking stuff, all that booty duping and stuff. I did that and it was great and I love it. But two-stepping, man, if you want to take a girl home, learn you how to two-step. How do you think I got me a Montreal girl right there? I think, <laughs> took her, taught her how to two-step. Next thing you know, she moved down to Texas. All right, all right. I can't argue with that. Exactly. All right, uh, so I'm a little scared. I hope she didn't hear that. She's going to murder me. <laughs> I'm a little scared to go. So, Tanner, if you want to go first, that would be great. Oh, no, no, no. My shit going to get all kind of riled up. So, you can go ahead and go, bud. I'll, I'll, oh, give, you like, I'll give you like a break on like two artists. Uh, okay, okay. So, at number five. We got little TJ. I I I'm 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 scared to talk about what I want to talk about. Mm. <laughs> I'm gonna just move on. Number four, little baby. Shout out to Matt. Little baby wait, might wait, be the wait, best. That's your two. From here on out, he can rip you for all your artists. Number three, we have a boogie. That is my guy. I listen to every song. I have never had a complaint about an a boogie song, except for right now when Tanner goes off. 
Okay, so I'm going to let you have A Boogie. I rock with A Boogie more than Lil Baby. Lil Baby, I do not get how people listen to Lil Baby. Like, everyone says how good his flows there are, and I agree. But, oh, my, like, the dude, like, how many times can y'all hear someone rap about getting money and strippers and hoes and clapping cheeks? And, like, how many times can y'all listen to someone just, like, rap and change the words in the song and sound the exact same? That's, that's so undang. Like, I can rap about this keyboard 10 times over different beats and using different wor- words, and, like, that's a little baby to me. All right, all right. I'm not saying it's bad. Like, it's it. banging music. You know, like that dope line, like, wah, 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 my baby. <laughs> Good for him, bud. But, like, I just can't. I can only listen to, like, two songs at a time. So, continue. Sorry. All right, number two. Now we're on track. I will not be chirped anymore for this number two and number one. Number two, Morgan Wallen. Okay. So, you're racist. It's okay. It makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you know, like, like, you know what I'm scared about, like being open, openly a fan of Morgan Wallen, like, is that he's just gonna do this shit again in three months? You know, like, come out and apologize. Anyways, I hope he doesn't. I hope he gets his life on track. But, dude, man, I don't even know what happened. Anyways, uh, we won't repeat. Yeah, I'll tell you after. Okay. Me, me saying I like Morgan Wallen is not me justifying what he did. And not absolutely, me. absolutely. Not Go ahead, and make that. Yeah, make that clear. Yeah. <laughs> Before I get canceled with him, yeah. I'm not, like I was not happy with what he did. I don't run his life for him, so he he did what he had to do. Yeah. Number one, as Cam said, the easiest number one of all time, Luke Combs. Mm. This man has not released a bad song yet, and he never will. Luke Combs. He's on his way to being the GOAT. Okay, Tanner, let, let, me, let me settle some beef that I have with a few friends of mine. They say that I look like Luke Combs. Do I look like Luke Combs? <laughs> I, I'm going to need you to, uh, like, take your hat off and stuff. No. Uh, mm. The ginger beard, I'll go. Uh, yeah, just the beard. No, but he, he always wears a hat like this. Yeah. yeah. It's really yeah. low, and it's, like, bent over and stuff, too. But I'm gonna need you like stand up and walk around because that's really what will give it away. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> we're good, we're good. Because that man, he got like if you, <laughs> I could see it a little bit, but you know, just because you you got a beard, don't mean you look like Luke Holmes now. Yeah, Dawson didn't want to get out of his chair. He's in his boxers. <laughs> he just threw out a sweater for the podcast. All I know is Luke Combs has a hot wife, so I can't. Nothing like doing a podcast with your dick out, right? <laughs> Better than getting cut with your dick out. Better than getting cut, get cut, than getting cut naked. Do a podcast with you. Woo! That's it. Okay, it's right. my turn now. I don't have yes. like a top five. I'm just gonna break down some artists I'll be jamming to. Okay. okay. Um, I'm a fan of the Kid Leroy. He's good. He makes some dope music. That's good. Um, y'all are gonna I can't wait to hear what y'all gotta see. I am a very big fan because I played in Cleveland for a while and I was there and I'm a very big fan of Machine Gun Kelly. I knew you that was coming. And let me tell y'all something. Before y'all wanna dip on nothing, go play at Hotel Diablo and give me any of y'all's little any of y'all's dudes over there and I can I'm willing to put hundreds of dollars that machine gun kelly raps better than i'm not gonna say the little baby because little baby do got some flow sometimes but like most of y'all's guys for sure what was that little trey or whatever the fuck his name little ty little lucy bird 
No, no, literally, it's, don't stop it. Stop it. Talk about Lil TJ. Yeah, he's talking oh, about Lil TJ. I'm not talking about Lil Uzi Vert. My only issue with MGK was that he picked a beef with Eminem and like what okay, are you doing? But but you can't tell me that guy went harder at Eminem than anybody ever has. No, yes. Uh, yeah, you, you could say that for sure, but it just no one has any business picking beef with Eminem. It's also got at least, uh, he, at least he tried it. Like you you ain't gonna try to like and technically Eminem started it. Fair enough. Eminem came out with a surprise album going at Machine Gun Kelly in that album. I think it was like 40 times in that album. Yeah. line about him. So the man came back. He must be doing something right. He must be doing something right. Yeah. I just have beef with MGK because he's dating my girl. I'm going to say she's uh... – Have you you seen the – I mean, freak. He had uh, Megan Fox and Summer Rae. Yeah. The dude doing something right. Y'all over there talking clearly, about clearly. guys with baby mamas. He over there freaking cruising the streets with beautiful <laughs> Somebody doing something right around here. Oh, man. Yeah, okay. Let me get – trying to find some more for y'all dudes. I'm a big – like, I was a big Meek Mill, Rick, Rick Ross, Wale dude. Um, Wale is good. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm diving in that Jack Harlow stuff too now. Yeah. Jack Harlow's a banger. I'm a big Sean guy too. I like Big Sean. Can't stand him, honestly. Can't stand. Yeah, him. but um, what what album have you listened to though? Like, do you listen to any of his stuff? Yeah, every time he releases an album, uh, which one? What's what is what's his most recent album? I forget. Let me tell you something. His best. Oh, I don't. Dark Sky. It was like Dark Sky Paradise or something. Detroit. Yeah, go to Dark Sky Paradise by Big Sean is probably one of the top ten albums, and I'm probably gonna get some hate for that, but it's really freaking good. But see, look, I'm not biased out here. I love, no, no. I love all these different people because I just enjoy good music. <clears throat> I respect it. Praise it. No one said Young Thug. He's pretty good too. I'm done. I don't even want to talk about. <laughs> I'm just so see this is the problem with you youngins, man. Y'all be listening y'all grew up on this this shit. So y'all don't really know good music. Y'all grew up on mumble rap. So all y'all know is like a good beat and like a few good flows. You know. Okay. Bottom line, who's your number one favorite artist of all time? Of all time? Yeah. Man, that's uh all time, huh? That's a pickle. I really don't know. I, I I just listen to so many freaking people. Uh, all time would have to probably be, dude. I don't know. I I don't. What? Oh yeah, for sure. That's my girl. Thank you, Chris Brown, baby. I'm a big Chris Brown. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Talking about when I was your age, dude. When I was your age, let me tell y'all something. Chris Brown was dropping hit after hit every week. Oh, and babe, too, too soon, babe. Um, yeah. Okay, so Cameron, Cameron, she what she said. Yeah. Cameron, she, Cameron, she like racist, and and you, and you like a wife beater. <laughs> yeah, no. So I'm a big Chris Brown fan, and I obviously don't support what he did to uh, his significant other. 
and my girlfriend doesn't either, obviously. <laughs> but um, yeah, you got a good voice though. She, anytime my girlfriend gets a moment to like crack a joke, she's all about it. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm also my one more person I wanted to say that I had that I just completely freaking forgot. Who the fuck I was gonna say? No, who? Black bear. There it is. Y'all have a jam with some black bear. That dude, oh, no idea who that is. That dude will change your life too. Go listen to uh, um, it's called Mansions. It's an album Mansions with a Z at the end. If y'all, you know, y'all probably won't like it because he's it's more actually like, like that R and B style. Eh? It's like R B with good. He mm. raps so amazing. He's been in the music game for a while, but he's fucking. Yeah, I heard a couple songs. He's really weird of a dude. Like you'll hear him rap, and then you'll go see a picture of him. And you're like, what is going on here? Um, so hear him rap but again you guys are too young to understand that good music man y'all over there like and it's like like y'all anybody that says migos or future anything's a banga is is y'all need to y'all need to go i think there's more people that are gonna that are gonna fight you saying migos isn't a isn't a banger than than they aren't like do i sorry i feel like more people are gonna fight you not liking Migos versus me liking Migos. Yeah, but who are you arguing with? Like, I'm not arguing with 20-year-olds if Migos is a banger. <laughs> All right, so uh, as, uh, as Mr. Texas, who's your country guy? Man, I'm a, I've seen Luke Holmes live, and he was fantastic. Um, I'm a big Sam Hunt guy, too, even though he hasn't. Oh, come. man, I can't believe I left him off the list. Yeah, Sam Hunt, he's – you're I'm, a big Florida Georgia line guy, Cam. Yeah, them too. I've seen them live. They're amazing. Like, no matter. Yeah, I can't do them. That's like, I cannot do them. No? I hate Florida Georgia Line. With you know, I really don't like their hardcore, like, trucks and beer. And, but yeah, they're I just like, like, they're, like they're like the hipsters of country yes, music. Yes, yes. I'm not 100% agree. They're, they're far from my favorite. Oh, my window down. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, dude. Like, okay. Like, we can move on past that, dude. <laughs> I like uh, Chase Rice also. I'm a big fan of him. Uh, I've also. I mean, I got a lot of country guys. I like, I'm a, you know, I do like country music, unfortunately, okay? I don't want to be stereotyped for that shit. I don't like Texas country, though. Yeah. Which is brutal. I don't know if you ever heard that, but it is. I don't know what you're Like, deep, like. Amarillo by morning. It's really creepy. Like, it's not, you don't, like, you'll, you'll fall asleep to it. It ain't no Polo G, I tell you that much. <laughs> That's facts. That's facts. Um, all right, all right. Well, listen, that does it for episode 19 of the Nothing But Controversy podcast. Once again, we'd like to give a big thank you to Mr. Tanner Marsh for joining us today. Unless you listen to uh, Lil Baby. Don't <laughs> not applaud. Don't do it. Oh, man. Wah, wah, wah. I'm a baby. <laughs> yeah, cut it right there. <laughs> Thanks for coming, Tony. Thank, Thank you, bro. Yeah, yeah, awesome. guys. Appreciate the insight. Have me on whenever y'all want, man.